Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. This week on Shelf Aware, we are finishing up our horror haunted house unit with a third book, one I thought Em would like, um, which is actually pretty easy because as we discovered, maybe this whole genre is something Em likes. It just wasn't explored (laughs) in your past. Which is fine, which is a cool discovery to make. Uh, This week, we read The Garden of Bewitchment by Catherine Cavendish. Yes. What did you think? Okay, so (laughs) overall, I liked it. I think it was good. Yeah. Um, I think it was real spooky-ooky at points. Mm -hmm. Really gave me those chills down my spine, which you know I like. Mm -hmm. My one complaint is that I think, and this is like a problem for a lot of horror. Yes. Um, I think it's really hard to know when you should explain and when you shouldn't. And Agreed. I think this one landed a little bit too far on the explain train, and I wasn't here for that. I prefer stuff to be mm. under-explained than over-explained. Like, if it's not going to be the right amount, I would rather it be like, I don't know what's going on. Because that's like horror for me, right? It's mm-hmm. like you don't know what's going on. Yeah. So, yes. like, when you tell me too much about it, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. So I liked this book up to probably, like, 95% of the way through mm-hmm. and then I was kind of like eh, okay whatever at the end but it wasn't mm-hmm. enough to like ruin the book for me or anything I definitely would recommend this one if you like horror oh yeah me too I really enjoyed this book in a way I wasn't expecting because I'm not a big horror fan at all um usually I'm you know starting to learn to appreciate it because of the few books that we have read but um I agree. I, well, here's the thing about this book is mm-hmm. I felt like it both over and under explained at times yeah. And so I, I felt like, and I texted you this earlier. I was like, I might need help with this one because I was reading it and I felt like trying to recall the events was like a fever dream. Mm. Yeah. Like, and I liked that about it, which I can see like how definitely some people might not like that mm. because I felt like it was doing that very, um, God, what was the last one we read? Now I can't remember the title. The House on Haunted Hill? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ha- House on Haunted Hill. The Hill House yeah. of Haunting. The House in Hill. The, uh, <laughs> the house that Jack built that to be one? haunted. Yeah, that one. Like, where it was very, like, no, you, even as the reader, don't really know what's happening. And it's right. very, like, surreal. And you kind of have answers at the end, but it could go a lot of different ways. But then it did try to give you a concrete answer at the end. And I was like, well, I don't know. It's kind of like... um. I'm thinking of, like, The Ring or, like, mm-hmm. Noroi, if anybody's seen that, uh, where it's, like, spooky sort of stuff is happening. And then they explain how it happens at the end, and you're just like, okay, but I didn't need this. It could have like, just, just, just been a spooky videotape, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the VHS was a ghost. Right. Like, I don't need – and I know, like, some people don't like that and are like, well, I need, like – a concrete ending to it so i think that's totally a taste thing it's also the people who are all like ghosts don't exist and you're stupid for thinking they do yeah but i don't believe ghosts exist but i I would still prefer okay i don't believe ghosts exist except for the ones that haunt my apartment but (laughs) uh, (laughs) specific ones that refer the 10 minutes before you fall asleep right actually update on that so you know how i had to lock my door to keep the ghosts out yes of course um so because my apartment's really old the door no longer fits the jam correctly oh, so I can't no. lock the it. The ghosts have free reign. Right so <laughs> the first night I realized that I left it alone and it did open in the <gasps> middle of the night because of wind. Haunted. Because my house no, is old. M. Listen. Uh, they want you to but, come out and play. 
I know. So now what I do every night instead of locking it is I close my door and then I shove an eyeshadow palette under it to keep it from blowing (laughs) open in the middle of the night. So if I die in a fire, you all know why. It's the most powerful eyeshadow palette known to man. I mean, it doesn't have to be super powerful. It's just enough to to jam the door closed. Oh my god! I'd be like, wind. all my furniture goes in front of this door right now. I will die. I did. Oh, I fire. did put a chair in front of it a couple nights before yeah, I figured out the eyeshadow palette hack. I would have been like sprinkling salt. Like no ghost can pass <laughs> this threshold. I also think that this book was interesting because it had. It, we both kind of guessed a little bit of what the twist was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the author was like so heavy handed about it that it made you second guess. Like, is it is it a twist or is this like a red herring? And then it kind of was both. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I think it was like intentionally heavy handed. So then yeah. when the twist to the twist happened, you were like, oh, wait, what? And then it was like, oh, no, wait, it was that. But, you know, it was like very twisty. Yeah. It, yeah, it was good. I, I liked the author's writing style for sure. Mm-hmm. I thought it fit, like, the time period and, like, the type of, like, an older horror novel yeah. feel to it. Um, but, yeah, it was good. It was unsettling. Now, the one thing of does this fit the genre, mm-hmm. as a horror novel, yes. As a ha- haunted house, haunted, haunted house. house novel, is it a haunted house novel? Well, the because haunted house was just really small. It was a tiny house. It was a tiny house. home. <laughs> a haunted tiny home coming soon to HGTV. Yes, yeah. Now, see, when I read when I read the blurb, it's a garden, a garden that pops up and is haunted. I was like, okay, so they say toy garden. I was thinking it's a garden full of toys, <laughs> not like it's a, a garden, garden made that of is toys. a toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, that's creepy. And that means like the whole house is going to be haunted by creepy ass toys was what I was Mm. thinking in my stupid head. (laughs) Well, I think it did end up working out as a haunted house novel. It just there wasn't like one singular haunted house because like the cottage was kind of a haunted house. And then the house that they went to was kind of the haunted house. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like the same as Haunting on Hill House or like Jade Green, where there's kind of this one house that is this oppressive sort of ghostly figure itself. It was kind of just like. It's Victorian. Everything's a haunted house. Yeah. Yeah. It was like she carried the haunted house with her in her mind mm. and heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The real haunted house was the friends we made along the yeah. way. <laughs> so I already kind of said for recommendations, I'd just recommend this to anybody who likes horror. I think yeah. it's good horror. Anything aside from that you'd like to add? Not really. I don't. I think this one was pretty... Um, pretty classic example i think the author is like pretty well known in the mm. horror novel sphere i i think she wrote a book about oh, like bone china something i don't know people kept recommending like if you liked this book you'll definitely love her other book about something bone china maybe so um yeah i think she's i think she's well known but this one was really good and i think it's like good for an intro to horror as well like for if you don't know a ton about the genre because it does like hit a lot of what i consider to be horror tropes but maybe that's just me yeah i think i think i agree with all that awesome well i will talk about the summary now yes i guess since this is one that i am kind of recommending to people if, if you care about spoilers, this is the time to pause the podcast and go read this book if that's something that yes. appeals to you. It's a 240-page book, not too long, um, and it's good. So do that. Do yourself yeah. that favor. Come back to us, though. Don't leave us here. 
<laughs> we'll miss you. We'll miss you, yes. We'll haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so apologies for like my uh, less than confident summation of this book also. <laughs> You'll do great. You always do. We'll see. Uh, so Evelyn and Claire are spinster twins they're like 35 they're so old near death um, Mm. and unmarried and after the death of their father they decide to sell their home they live in some sort of estate Uh, they come for money and they move to a cottage on the moors because they're tired of people gossiping about them this is pretty much the first uh, instance of us thinking that we know what's going to happen because Mm -hmm. like the one twin is going to the servant and being like, oh, I hear you haven't gotten along well with my sister. And the servant's kind of like, uh, I don't I don't know anything yeah, about that, miss. Sister. You know, and it's like, <laughs> your sister, right? And it's like, okay, we get it. The sister's not real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, it's pretty, it's made, like, pretty obvious, I think, from the get-go. It's, it's definitely, like, supposed to, like, I feel like you as the reader are supposed to get the sense that, hey, maybe this sister isn't real. Mm-hmm. But then you're also, it's just, it's so obvious that you're like, but also maybe she is real. Maybe it's a double bluff. (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking about this. Uh I know we haven't gotten much into the plot and I'm already interrupting a lot. You're fine. I was thinking about this. I don't think I actually know any twins. So Mm, are any twins real? I I have seen, my friend is a twin and I've seen them both Mm. in the same room together. There are photographs of them together. So, yes, twins do exist, okay. but maybe not all the time. Maybe not all the time. Because I don't <laughs> think I've – I was thinking about it. I'm like, I feel like I should – maybe I just don't know that I've met someone who's a twin. But mm-hmm. I feel like all through school, I didn't really know any, like, twins in my grade, you mm. know? So I'm like, what is it about me that repels twins? We had twins in elementary school and their names were chase and chance and i was like why though Mm. why wouldn't you have named them completely separate names that's just so do yourself a favor at what point do you think it is no longer appropriate for twins to dress or be dressed in matching but different colored outfits Mm, I mean, I mean, I want to say immediately, but I also know if I were the mother of twins, I'd be like, never. <laughs> it's always going to be OK. <laughs> I can understand the temptation, uh, yeah. but also you, they are two separate people. Unless they are, as may sometimes <laughs> be the case. Oh, haunted twins. Evelyn is the main character and narrator of this book, and her twin Claire has a slight obsession with Branwell Bronte, and throughout the story, believes his ghost like comes to visit her and that they're in love and stuff. Uh, this is someone, and although maybe they his are... ghost does come to visit her, and maybe again, not clear, not clear, possibly, <laughs> and like they live, they're not that far removed from each other, but Branwell is definitely dead. Um, at the time this story yes. takes place, which is very important to note. <laughs> uh, their home on the moors, it's its really secluded, uh, but there's this guy named Matthew Dixon there that he kind of takes a liking to Evelyn and they become friends and they're on a first name basis with each other, which was, you know, pretty extreme for a man and a woman. And they like to go on walks a lot. And there's also their other neighbor is um, an older couple named Mr. and Mrs. Skelton. Those seem to be the only... Very close to skeleton, just one letter off. Does it mean something? I don't know. Spooky ookie. Spooky ookie. (laughs) 
And Evelyn notes that both Matthew and Mr. Skelton, or the Skelton couple, I think, as a whole, like, they kind of give her odd looks of recognition when they first meet her. And every time she talks about her twin sister, Claire, people, like, give her a look sometimes. But and, she, like, they walk by Mr. Skelton at one point, and he acknowledges her, but not the not sister. The twin. yeah. And he's like, mm, she's like, mm, he must be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> we look so much alike. He must be drunk, thought he was seeing double. <laughs> yeah, she comes up we with We are wearing excuses. these... Are wearing matching outfits, of course. Uh-huh. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Except for Claire's the messy one, and I'm the clean one. Yes. <laughs> Which at one point they say like Claire has her hair back in a messy ponytail, and I felt that was anachronistic. I don't know mm. if it's true or not, but when did ponytails exist? I feel like I feel like at least they didn't call them ponytails. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Now that I'm saying it out loud. They do look like look like the tails of ponies. Mm, that's mm. true it's an easy assumption to or an easy jump to make <laughs> but as a spinster would you have a ponytail or would it be in a bun I mean like I know definitely when I worked at not worked at volunteered at like a living history museum and mm-hmm. had to dress in period clothes ponytails were not allowed for women mm-hmm. but I feel like maybe if you were just a spinster wandering around your house, you might do a ponytail. There was and it might only be somewhat four neighbors, and two of them were yeah. a married couple. Well, let's see, history of ponytails. Mm-hmm. It can be traced back to ancient Greece, which would explain all of the movies where, like, the badass female warriors always have ponytails. Um, ah, here we go in okay. Wikipedia under the section ponytail ponytails on women and girls. In European and Western culture, it was not usual for women, as opposed to girls, mm-hmm. to wear their hair in public in a ponytail until the mid-20th century. Really? I guess she wasn't in public at the time. She was at home, so maybe... Yeah, like... She let her hair down. It was in a bun, and she took the pins out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Claire and Evelyn live in this cottage, and Claire seems to be having all these supernatural experiences with a ghost or a spirit. She thinks it's Branwell. Evelyn can, like, sometimes hear Claire talking to a male voice, and she hears, like, laughter and their conversations they're having. And then there's finally an incident where Claire invites Branwell to come to her, and some kind of ghostly activity occurs in which all of Claire's furniture is thrown around, and it gives her quite the fright. So Evelyn goes to tell the only single man in town about it. (laughs) And he's like, hey, I believe you because I have also experienced something supernatural. So he goes on to tell her about a toy he found called the Garden of Bewitchment. It was in his title drop. Yeah, guys, they did the thing. (laughs) They said the title (laughs) of the book in the book. (laughs) He found this in his uncle's attic. And it's basically... I don't know how it's a game. They, keep, they they sometimes refer to it as a game, but it's basically like a model of a home and a garden. And Listen, Anna, everything was a game for children in the true. 1800s. <laughs> like, there weren't PlayStations, so everything else had to be stick and hoop and stick. I mean, yeah. that was a game. Rocks. So, like, <laughs> rocks, exactly. Jacks. Have you ever played jacks? Yeah. It's not a game. It's not, though. That's nothing. But everybody was like, mm, it's a game. I'm like, it's not. It was the Victorian hot ticket children, item. Get your shit together. Parents, Learn what a game is. Parents sit in line at Macy's for hours trying to buy their to jacks. Them, yeah. <laughs> and the then, kids. like, 
<laughs> like the, the kids who didn't get jacks and did get the hoop and stick instead were like so disappointed like mom this was so last year this is so 1872 mom i can't believe i have a stick and hoop did you see my friend Clyde? He's got that bicycle that has one really big wheel and one really small wheel. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Mom and Dad. <laughs> um, so it's a game that is a model of a home in a garden. And then there's like these little people inside the house. And he, as a child, became completely absorbed by it one day. Like he was just, he was tending the garden and he was just looking at it and shit. And a whole day went by. And he set it aside to go eat dinner or something. And then when he came back the next day, the whole game turned to ash and like the specter thing appeared and he got really spooked out and he never went to the attic again. So cool. Evelyn accepts that fully, that that is the truth. And after this, there's a series of events in which Evelyn and Claire are visited by the Garden of Bewitchment or like they go seek out the Garden of Bewitchment in the moors and they get trapped inside the house or Evelyn falls asleep and wakes up and she's inside the Garden of Bewitchment. Um, it, it, this happens a lot and repeatedly. Um, I thought I liked this, but also I thought it was very like too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that like... It would be good in a movie format, maybe, because yes, there would be say. more to see, I guess. But, like, yeah, I did feel like it was like, okay, we get it. They're in the, the garden, and it's mm-hmm. scary. And, and okay, spooky. they're in the garden again, and it's still scary. Got it. Like, yes, it was a little same-samey for this part, I felt like. Yes, and it's like every time Evelyn closed her eyes, she was she woke up in this other house or this other garden. And then she would just, like, wake up and be like, I, I need a bath. And then I'm just going to go about my life now. <laughs> There was a lot of, like, immediate acceptance in this book, yeah. not just in regards to the supernatural stuff, but also, like, like you kind of said, they were, like, immediately, like, well, trust Matthew, I guess, because he's a man who's here, and, like, mm-hmm. oh, guess we're going to tell Miss, like, everybody, and I guess this is kind of the time, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like everybody kind of did sort of believe in ghosts in the Victorian era anyway. Yeah. They, how else would they explain things, like? The sun rising. It was right. ghosts. They definitely didn't know. They didn't about... know then. They no. Didn't. How, not. how could Google couldn't tell them how the sun rose, so they didn't no, know. No, of course not. So they didn't know. So you know, they were just like, It's all ghosts. It's all the ghosts. ghosts hold the sun up. Ghosts wrote the these books. I don't know. I don't know. What's a what's a Bronte? It must be a ghost. It must be a ghost. <laughs> but everybody is just pretty immediately like, Well, I'm in this supernatural thing, so I guess this is just my life now (laughs) i don't know if you've heard claire but we're in a horror novel so everything that's (laughs) happening must be natural that was the thing they kept using the term natural like they were like it's not natural and i'm like yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) and yeah yeah okay yeah (laughs) you're gonna be worried about it yet or right like 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 at one point one of them got injured or something and they're like we have to go to a doctor and the other one's like no we can't it's not natural and i'm like yeah, okay, but, like, a lot of things aren't natural. Yeah, who can't, like, she's got scratches. Go go let a doctor put antiseptic on it or whatever they had. This is the plus side of being in Victorian era where you have no Google is you can just be like, it was a demon. And they'll probably be like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> put her in the asylum. She's hysterical. <laughs> you don't have to explain the whole thing, like, clearly. <laughs> they probably thought that is how cuts and abrasions healed it was ghosts yeah 
and demons. Demons made your skin black there. That literally is how a lot of, like, illnesses were explained. Not yeah. Victorian era, necessarily, but, like... Throughout history, for sure. Yeah, like, that things were demons. Like, I mm-hmm. mean... <laughs> I There, you know, very few times this year where I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I'm living through 2020. But anytime we talk about medical history, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, I'm really glad that, like... Sans the pandemic, medical history, <laughs> medical stuff is pretty good in 2020. <laughs> We had a lot of bumps in the road getting here, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> so every time Evelyn and Claire end up in the Garden of Bewitchment, they are separated. And the house or the ghosts in the house or whatever seem to be trying to tell Evelyn something about Claire that she doesn't understand. Like... She keeps showing up, but she'll be like a see-through person or something. And, or there will be like cryptic voices that say stuff like, Hey, your twin isn't real. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) watch yourself because Claire isn't true or something like, (laughs) and she's like, I don't get it. What do you mean? I can, I'm going to find my sister now. (laughs) Claire, 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 where are you? Are you Claire? (laughs) I do declare. Um, there are also a couple of recurring characters in the Garden of Bewitchment. So, um, first and like probably least importantly is the Lady Mandolin, which is the main character in a story the sisters are writing together. And she's just a fancy rich lady that sinks into some sort of insanity throughout the story that they're writing. Um, kind of like Evelyn. (laughs) Mm-hmm. and a creepy ghost with a hook nose that is sometimes Branwell and sometimes not Branwell. Sometimes Branwell, he's sometimes Matthew's uncle, and he's sometimes... The original owner the of the garden. owner of the, yeah, yeah. The, the original house, yeah. And then there's, like, a huge snake demon thing called, like, a turd worm or something. I think it's totoworm, because I think it's German for death worm. Mm, there you go. Toad, toad, toad is like the root of a bunch of words that mean like death stuff mm. and verm is worm. So I'm pretty sure that's where it's from. But I we're actually, I just found this out today, looking at our Spotify wrapped, Ooh. our listenership is up in Germany. So our German listeners, I'm sure will let oh, me know. Right in and tell vastly, us about this term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me know if I'm vastly off the mark here. Um, but yeah, so this this part of the book, it was just like one long fever dream where Evelyn was like, maybe in reality, maybe not, maybe sleeping, maybe fully awake. Um, a lot of creepy shit going on. Some yes. of it worked better than others, as is always the case in horror, because different things freak different people out. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's totally intentional that it was written this way, I'm sure. But like, it makes it hard to describe in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's just like there is spooky stuff happening. You're going to have to take our word for it if yeah. you didn't read the book. It was good. It was good spooky shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. So Evelyn brings Matthew into the loop with all the garden happenings. And he's like, if that thing ever shows up in your house again, just burn it. That's we, you just got to get rid of it. And so they try, but they cannot burn the garden. Every time they try, like the fire just goes out and the garden and the house just sit there in the flames, pristine. And also around this time, like Claire starts to disappear for days at a time. And she says stuff like I've run off to be with Branwell and you just can't understand our love. 
She says stuff like, I'm not a real person. Yeah. I've never I'm existed like, and never will. <laughs> um, and and yeah. Evelyn's just like, I don't get it. Claire. <laughs> why won't she stay here with me? And why won't she ever show herself to anyone else? Why has no one else seen her but me? I don't understand. <laughs> so at this point in the story, all this spooky stuff is happening. And then it's <laughs> and then the author's like, here's all the exposition in like the last 15% mm-hmm. of this book. <laughs> so Matthew eventually writes to his cousin, who is the son of the uncle where Matthew first found the Garden of Bewitchment. And Matthew is actually living in this cousin's cottage. And he's like, hey, do you have any background information on whether or not your dad was here, who he hung out with, whether or not he had this, something called the Garden of Bewitchment and what it did to him? And the um, cousin's like, I know absolutely everything about what you're talking about. <laughs> Thankfully, my mother wrote everything down in her diary, and I have Vast it right records. here. <laughs> oh, I've written to my cousin, Google. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Google, what's the Garden of Bewitchment? <laughs> it turns out that the garden was actually based off a real house that is extremely close to where they are living. It's very convenient. Um. So they decide to go to visit it, which is a stupid-ass idea, but... But was the creepiest part of the book, for sure. It was, yes, it was very gross and creepy. They enlist the help of Mr. Skelton, who acts as a tour guide, and they borrow his horses. They all ride out there. Um, and the house is in a... Sh- is, that real house is kind of in shambles, but inside they find a replica of the Garden of Bewitchment. It's not the real one. It's, like, one made out of cardboard or something. And inside are little dolls that bear the likenesses of Evelyn, Matthew, and Mr. Skelton. I don't know why, but that is the creepiest trope to me. Because you weren't there. And how did the house know? Who made the dolls? Because that's that's like a thing that shows up in like other horror stuff or like I've seen it in like other media and things like that. And it's always just like, I'm like, oh, that is the the worst possible thing that could happen. Dolls are inherently creepy. And when there's one that looks like you that's not an American Girl doll terrifying terrifying just the worst <laughs> and even sometimes some of those american girl dolls i didn't like the ones that where they showed like their little buck teeth i did not care for that part of the american i think i had i think i had one with little buck teeth because i think kirsten had little buck teeth hide those just close her lips mm. i don't want to see little fake teeth i had i had kirsten and i had a miniature samantha oh my goodness I was a spoiled so child. <laughs> I had none. <laughs> all I had were the catalogs, and I lusted after all of the little items, the little food pieces. Yes. Or <laughs> I, when they started, I think we've talked about this before, but when they probably. started doing those magnetic rooms that you could mm-hmm. build that were just like miniatures. Oh, yes. Oh, dream. I always liked, what was the, the Mexican doll's name? Josefina. Josefina. I loved her stuff the most. It was just the most mm. stylistic, and the food looked delicious. I wanted all her things. And of course, Everybody's Samantha. pets were good, too. Mm-hmm. I think I think was Josefina the one that had the lamb? Maybe. That sounds right. One of them had, one of them had a lamb. I remember one no, of them carrying the lamb. Yeah. I think that was Josefina. God, I love those catalogs. Do they still do another American great. Can we catalogs? just get, can we, like, buy the catalogs? <laughs> how, much, how much are American catalogs? It's probably all online now, and that's not as good. No. Yeah. I want it mailed to my house. I want to feel the classism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> grown-up shop girls for ages eight and plus that's me <laughs> um do they even sell the regular 
dolls anymore. All I'm seeing are dolls whose names I don't recognize. They sell the regular ones because they just recently had the newest one is of their historical line is one from the 1980s. Oh. Which is upsetting that that's historical Oh, now. my goodness. Okay, so they, like, top out at $140. They got all kinds since I last was keeping up with them. Yeah, they got way more inclusive. Yeah. The closest store to me is in Charleston. I think I can I think I can just go there. Yeah, do it. During the pandemic. This is what you need to do. It's American. I need it. Rebecca is on back order. What? And she's $225. Rebecca's ultimate collection. Rebecca. Well, that's like with all their shit. I want all this shit though. Is the thing. I mean, oh my god. Furniture and accessories. Don't mind if I do. I got to stop, man. I'm getting sucked in. Okay, back to this back. Um, okay, so is still available. So they literally only discontinued Kirsten, I think. What was Kirsten's problem? Why was isn't she, she allowed to exist anymore? Is she racist? I don't remember her being racist. Kirsten American Girl doll. She was like a settler. So, I mean, like inherently. but like. I'm on the American Girl doll wiki. Why did they get rid of Kirsten? She was archived in January 2010. She was one of the first three, so I guess... Is Molly also archived? Oh, maybe. Oh, I think they just, like, re-released her. Okay, so it is like the Disney vault where they're like, get it now before you never can again. Just kidding, she's yeah. back. Her Oh, gotcha. her books were retired in 2020. No, she's gone again. <gasps> Whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Like, we got to get rid of some of these white girls. And get they're like, they're like Trump's no longer president. We can't have all these white dolls. Uh, so Mr. Skelton is spooked out by the dolls that look like him and his friends. And he leaves. He just runs. He's this old 80-year-old man. He just runs out of there. And Evelyn and Matthew also try to leave. But by the time they get to the front door, their horses have disappeared. And they hear these wolves howling in the distance. So they retreat into the house and they end up trapped inside by the wolves until dawn. But while they're inside the house, they find this gross book made out of human skin that details everything that is currently happening to Evelyn and Matthew. So they're like flipping through the pages and it's like images of them doing the things that they have done previous to this, like coming to the house and seeing the dolls and being in this room and looking through the book. This was also very creepy, but this is where the book started losing me a little bit. Yeah. This is where they got all the explanation stuff. They're like, we gotta, gotta, you know, explain this haunting. And I'm like, you don't. It's just ghosts. It's just, it could just be <laughs> it a can ghost. Just be ghosts. Yeah, like... that's fine. Um, it's written in Latin, and they surmise that this book somehow aids in summoning the devil. And the owner of this house must have been into some real shady shit. But they're gonna take that fucking book out of this house for whatever goddamn reason. They want it in their possession. Um. And Matthew was like, oh, by the way, I know this professor that practices demonology, apparently, or studies demonology. This is some Dracula, Bram Stoker, everybody, like, they know Van Helsing shit. Like, Yeah, yeah. Y'all can't just know. I guess it was Victorian times, so maybe everyone just did know it. Yeah, there was only, like, four people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So over the course of a few days, um... The professor gives them this information as he's reading the book. And to basically, to summarize, the book says that the Garden of Bewitchment is possessing someone near to them and is, is specifically targeting them and has brought them all together for some 
vile reason and it needs to consume a soul or something. And I don't know. <laughs> I think that's what was happening here. But then this book got so bonkers that I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't focus anymore on that part of that reveal. <laughs> because then we, we get to this reveal that Mr. Skelton actually used to be Evan's psychologist. Because apparently, guys, Claire isn't real. Who could have seen it coming? Not me. Not me. I had no idea. Except we're from page, like, four. <laughs> yeah, except that first time that servant was like, oh, what sister? Oh, yeah. What what Claire? I don't know what Claire you speak of. Um, Apparently, Evelyn has been insisting that she's a twin since she was around four years old, even though she was an only child her whole life. And... This turned into what her parents thought, at least, was Evelyn developing two very distinct personalities. Uh, different voices, different, like, personalities. They would, she would basically, I don't, I don't know which, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not going to try and diagnose, but, you know. She was, it was like that movie Split, but with only two, <laughs> instead of, like, <laughs> the, a million that James McAvoy did. Um, but then... Claire and Evelyn start fighting and Evelyn was like ending up injured and her clothes were being torn, but in weird ways that like it would be very difficult for her to do on her own. So her parents become concerned and they, because there's only four people know this renowned psychologist, Dr. Skelton, who tries to talk to Evelyn about Claire and eventually has to hypnotize her. But even under hypnosis, Evan was like, no, I have a twin sister who is just like me, except she's a fucking mess and I'm clean. <laughs> Look, we've all got a twin sister who's a fucking mess, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's the one that made my room so dirty. It wasn't me yeah. just refusing to do laundry. It was my twin sister. <laughs> so, <laughs> The demonology professor reveals all of this. I don't understand how he came to be the possessor of all of this knowledge there's some there's like a little subplot that i didn't mention before where like matthew goes out onto the moors and buries a box and evelyn sees him doing this she kind of spies on him and then she like confronts him about it later and he's like don't worry about it it was a box and she and claire like try and break into it but they can't the professor's like go get that box i gave you <laughs> and dig it up uh and you'll see all this information is inside it but i'm like why was this professor why did he have all this information? How did he play into it? And it doesn't matter whatever the answer is. is because actually the psychologist is dead. <laughs> He's a ghost. This yeah. professor, this demon professor is a ghost. Right. So that's how he got all the information. But he orchestrated it. So he was Through like. ghost Google. He, he, he Googled. <laughs> he went. Google. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yes. <laughs> he went Thank on, you, yes. He went on Google, and he looked up all his Boo information. Google, in spelled G-H-O-U-L. Yeah, Google. Google. <laughs> he printed all of this out on his, like, Wi-Fi printer and mm -hmm. put it in the box, and he gave it. Mm -hmm. He's been dead this whole time that he's doing this. He, he wrote a letter to one of his former students and was like, Give this box to Matthew Dixon and tell him to keep it safe forever. And this is super serious. And I'm asking you to do this because you saved his life when he was a kid and he owes you one. And that guy was just like, yeah, sure, boss, whatever you say. And he gave the box to Matthew and Matthew did bury it everywhere he has ever lived. 
So, Boo Ghoul aside, I think mm-hmm. that I thought maybe I misread this and was just like filling in gaps to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. I thought it wasn't that it was the professor was a ghost. I thought it was the demon was pretending to be the professor in order to kick this off. Maybe. Well, because they had he had a line in there that was like, um, I've been dead a long time, and like when yeah, was the yeah, last time you saw me alive? We've just been right. Yeah, because he's so. saying like, when was the last time you saw me, the professor that I'm pretending to be alive? Mm-hmm. Ha ha, I'm not the professor. I thought was the oh uh, maybe like that I makes thought because I thought it was like the same thing as Bramwell where he's pretending to be Bramwell. Yeah, but then Claire busts into the room. And Claire is real. What? And Claire's, yeah, she's like, why does my sister need to see a psychologist, huh? She's perfectly sane. Be gone, ghost, demon, professor. And that guy's like, God save our souls. And he, like, disapparates or whatever. I don't know. Like, he's just gone. Yes, I guess he was a ghost. Because then if he was the demon, he would know. She'd be like, come here and kiss me, lover. (laughs) Yeah, because he would be, like, pro-Claire. Yeah, but he was trying to. What was the deal with the ghost professor yeah there was like inside this box so he gave he the box had all of the like the printed out google information mm-hmm. and also a, a key in it and he's like we can't ever let the key and this book be together but i am gonna ask you to bring the key to the book that i'm holding right now what maybe that's why i thought he was a demon because he was acting in such ways that a demon would. it was very <laughs> erratic yes yeah <laughs> so this key like the claire grabs it and the book absorbs the key and the key unlocks a ghost or a demon maybe and claire's like i'm evil lol and she summons the turd worm and she's like yo that professor was right you did create me but now i am real and there can only be one of us and then evelyn it's and like, matthew that's creepy i guess but like I didn't understand what was happening. So <laughs> This part was super vague, yeah. Evelyn and Matthew get transported to the Garden of Bewitchment where they step into the main room and they become the dolls that they found at that house. Creepy. Creepy. Creepy stuff. Yeah. And then there's an um, epilogue oh. that takes place in 2020. And it nice. basically, another young girl stumbles across the Garden of Bewitchment and the gross skin book starts a new chapter about that girl. So again, very like the ring where it's like, oh, the curse will continue. Yeah, there's no stopping the turd worm. But like you explained it too much and I didn't need to know about like the all the stuff. I just wanted it to be creepy ghosts. Yeah. I don't don't know. There was like a little bit too much of like trying to be clever with like the double bluff Mm -hmm. and the professor also being a bluff. And like, I don't know. I feel like maybe... Kind of like one of those things that where at what point is it a bluff and at what point are you just lying to the readers? Yeah, like purposefully tricking us. But I did really enjoy all of the madcap yeah. adventures into the, the Garden of Bewitchment. That was the best part. Right. Like, like So again, like if what you're reading horror for is to be spooked, then yeah, like this was a You'll good horror scared. novel. Yeah. If you're, what you're reading horror for is to find like a realistic explanation of how demons might be a thing. Like this didn't work for me, but I already don't think demons are a thing. So it's fine. Oh my like, God. No, they're so real. And they're so okay. going to get you in your soul. <laughs> <laughs> don't read any skin. books. <laughs> and also like, I don't know the whole Matthew thing too. Cause they were like the book, the garden specifically wanted Evelyn's soul 
But mm-hmm. all but it took Matthew too. I guess so Branwell could get out. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I didn't really get what the garden was it trying was hungry, to accomplish. But... Right. So yeah. like so what okay, but like all right, so click like, I like I said, oh, I don't need an explanation, but now I'm, like, trying to puzzle it out. We need a specific out, like, explanation. That's not the one We need more of an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, okay, so if Claire and – so Claire was a figment of – or not a figment of Evelyn's imagination, but Evelyn was suffering from some sort of uh, – Delusion? N- delusion or possibly just, like, a uh, – I don't know the exact terminology, but split personality sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Which I think at first this book did actually handle pretty well because, mm-hmm. like, when she found out about this and was like, oh, God, are you saying I'm crazy? They're like, no, we're not saying you're crazy. We're saying that, like, I did this really is a like thing. That. I yeah. was like, yeah, thanks. That like, was that's... very positive. Right. I was like, cool, yeah. I feel like this is a more appropriate way of handling, like, this sort of uh, disorder than, like, typically is done in horror, like you said, with Split or, like, um, mm-hmm. what's the other one that's, like, a big horror movie that – involves this i can't remember mm-hmm. anyway but yeah so like it was originally that shutter but island. then maybe but then her <laughs> other personality became like like the the whole tipping point of her other personality ending up being evil and like trying to kill her i kind of was like okay well now we're back into this sort of trope of like yeah mental illness mental disorders are inherently evil which like oh okay mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't love that. But then, like, also, at what point did the Garden of Bewitchment just... Because that was the other thing was that they said with the Garden of Bewitchment that they were like, oh, it targets someone who has some sort of psychological issue, essentially. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this is a demon puzzle that targets people with mental illness. And I'm like, eh, I don't love that. Those that are <laughs> vulnerable or something. Yeah. yeah. Because Claire does say several times, like, you just have to be in the right headspace to let the ghost in. And Branwell right, will come right, visit right. you if you're open to it. Because I think it was trying to, like, make it seem like, oh, Claire was the one who was the target. But then it's like, no, it's Evelyn. Yeah. Yeah, because Claire um, isn't real, but is real. Because Claire's not real. But also But she for is. a while, I did think that maybe Claire was the, like, prime uh, yeah, personality, yeah. you know? And she know. really just was a shy girl. Yeah. Woman. They're 35. <laughs> I keep forgetting that. <laughs> like we kind of said it didn't explain it enough for it to really land for me but Mm -hmm. i feel like it just shouldn't have explained it at all yeah it's fine that it was a scary garden that wanted souls right or just go the haunting of hill house route and have it be like there's like 12 possible explanations yeah and i'm not gonna tell you which one's right and you're gonna have to figure it out you have to guess but i feel like very few authors can pull that off in a way that you're like yep that was good and not just bullshit <laughs> yeah so maybe it's hard to do it without it seeming like the author's just cheating and making it so they don't have to write an ending <laughs> yeah yeah but i don't know maybe also i'm just too dumb to get this book and someone else out there has read it and can explain the ending to me i also yeah. did have an issue where like i started reading this we were driving home from somewhere and it was raining and so i like kept falling asleep as i was Mm. reading it but then every time after that i picked up the book i would start to fall asleep because i was thinking of (laughs) when i first started reading it it was very difficult (laughs) at times (laughs) i did truly enjoy this book that's not a knock on this book that's just my ability to stay awake in the car while it's raining (laughs) uh i feel like this is a good book to read on a rainy night when you want to freak yourself out a little bit Mm -hmm. it's good it's very good 
I might look into this author, read some other stuff by her. Yeah, and let me know. Um, so you said that. I guess this this unit as a whole was successful for you? Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it was probably my favorite unit that we've done so far, at least from my end of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I think I was interested in and might continue to read from now on. So that's a success. Good. I'm glad. I did a good one. Yay, you. Good Good job, Mead. One point for me. I don't know what the (laughs) score total is, but I got a point. (laughs) Um, All right. So... I think next week, let me pull up our calendar real quick, because I actually can't remember what we're doing next week. What else are you reading? Oh, yeah, right. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> have you been reading anything else, ghostly or not? Uh, Yeah, I've got a, a recommended reading for this week. That's good. Um, I don't. So. <laughs> oh, great. Then I'll bloviate for a little bit. Go for it. We've got, we've got some minutes to kill. We're only like 50 minutes into this recording. Yeah, yeah. This is, and we talked about American Girl Dolls for a significant portion of it. So. <laughs> okay, so I've been reading a book called The Wicked Cometh by, who wrote this? Laura Carlin, mm-hmm. um, which kind of like this book because it's sort of uh like it's not victorian era i don't think because i think it's like earlier 1800s but it might be i don't remember exactly what the dates are on victorian era um eh. <laughs> we'd have to ask queen victoria <laughs> or google or boo google eh, that's too hard <laughs> <laughs> i'm not dead yet <laughs> then we will have access to vast stores of information yeah yes i can't wait (laughs) but uh it's about a girl who is like from a decently like positioned family but her parents die so she goes to live with her like and she doesn't have any other family so she goes to live with her um father's gardener and his wife in london and in like their situation kind of gets worse and worse. So when it opens, she's like been living in like the London slums for a while Mm -hmm. and she gets run over by a carriage that this rich guy is driving. And he like takes her into his home to become like, to like ostensibly to, he thinks she's like a poor ragamuffin and he's going to like teach her how to read and write in order to prove that the poor can be improved and whatever. And she's like lying about the fact that she already knows how to read and write because she actually doesn't come from like this background that he thinks. Nice. Um, So he like kind of foists her off on his sister to like tutor and his sister is like investigating these this mystery involving these like maids who disappeared so then she kind of gets drawn into that and it becomes like this whole thing about like these disappearances and like the two of them the sister and the um girl and or not girl but young woman's relationship and like as they kind of develop deepening feelings for one another Mm. um so i was kind of reading it a because it's kind of the same time period and b because it's was billed as a historical mystery and I love historical Again, mysteries. Possible spoilers for an upcoming unit, but we're probably going to be reading some more of those soon, so I was kind of <sighs> testing the waters. Oh God, I love historical mysteries. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to be a historical mysteries Damn unit, it. I love but mysteries, yes. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's in that that range. But yeah, it was it was a fun read. I don't, I didn't love the mystery part of it still, <laughs> but I did like the the relationship part, and I thought like overall the story was really interesting. So. That was a fun one. If anybody is into historical mysteries, that might be one to check out. I'll check it out. 
for sure how about you what have you been reading um nothing i've been playing hades exclusively <laughs> i, I can, got you hooked. i know you really did i can get to hades like every time i'm on run number 30 mm-hmm. or i just finished i just died on run number 30 mm-hmm. to my asshole dad hades and uh i hate him i can't i got past phase one. Oh no that's a spoiler well who cares phase one of his fight once those fucking skulls with those green circles that they're, radiant they're energy bad order. boys you gotta get the uh either hyper dash or you gotta just get real good at timing your dashes i know i had such good boons on this last run too mm. i had like a lot of aries a lot of zeus it was yeah. very... uh, see i don't like aries aries oh, zeus very aries. much because he's got the doom you also like him because he's hot true <laughs> my favorite combo is aries athena because you just deflect yeah. in doom and that's all you have to do. I like Ares. See, my I think my go-to used to be Poseidon because that mm-hmm. tidal dash got to dash through the underworld. Tidal dash is so OP. But now that I've gotten a little better at figuring out combos and don't just rely on my dashing, my favorite combos are either uh, Artemis Zeus, so you can get Lightning Rod, or mm. Artemis uh, Ares, so you can get um, hunting like the hunting discs where his blade blade oh. discs will just like follow people. Oh, like they bounce in between. Mm-hmm. No, I, no they, they had like, that with Athena, where she bounces in between. They'll try to get to oh, them. Like, instead of one. just going in a direction, they'll go for mm-hmm. a specific. So that one's that one's tight if you can get your blade discs, like, uh, leveled up enough. Both very good. Oh, Both very good. I love this game. I'm going to go. I'm like, we're going to finish recording. I'm just going to go play Hades. I'm probably going to go play after this, too. I'm jonesing. I'm jonesing for some fighting i have the story's also really good if you want to if you if we want to try to make this oh it's a book oh yeah no no this and it's told really (laughs) interestingly where there's never just like there's never these huge chunks of cutscenes or dialogue where they're like hey Mm -hmm. this is what happened and why you're doing this it's told throughout like these little like maybe four or five lines of dialogue with each character and they sometimes are there and sometimes aren't and the story's not told in any order because it's all randomized and you just have to piece it all together by what people say about you it's just very good. It's very good. It's a very good game. It's very stylistic, too. I just, mm-hmm. everyone's attractive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, I met Eurydice recently, and I really enjoy her. She's very pretty, and I love her yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could just chill She's with her great. for a while, drinking some <laughs> palm, granite, Powerade, whatever she sells. Always, I always take the palm porridge. Is that the one that's... where you plus the three or four random ones get plus mm-hmm. one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because anytime it's like, oh, your next spoons that you find will be upgraded rarity. I'm like, they might have been upgraded rarity anyway. I have no way of knowing. <laughs> I have a trinket that says it'll be upgraded rarity. Mm, is that, I, I, I was about to tell you what trinket I use, but I think that might be a spoiler, so I can't. Mm, I use a lot of skellies and mm. uh, fans. I always switch to skellies for the... Th- last level me too yeah op strat because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're not gonna you're hopefully not gonna burn all your death defiances before you get to that level but sometimes you have a really hard time with uh yeah. dcs though and you just That's cannot true. kill that fucker. that asshole <laughs> anyway guys hades is really good um a 10 out of 10 would recommend great time um, but yeah, that's, that's all I've been doing. I tried to read another book. I got through like three pages and I was like, I wonder how Zag's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Sometimes you just got to dash through the underworld. Yeah. Yep. 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 So next week, <laughs> next week, I said I was going to look at this up, but I didn't hold on. Okay. 
So next week, we're going to be back with a, another Animorphs with Animorphs Megamorphs number three, El Fangor's Secret. Exciting. I hope very we get some exciting. very good uh, uh, Tobias lore mm-hmm. drops because mm-hmm. you know yes. how much we love our boy. Yeah. And his daddy has a secret. <laughs> what could it be? And then the week after that, you know, it's it's uh, jingle bells are in the air. <laughs> it's time it's... for an old favorite here on Shelf Aware. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be, you know, we're we're gonna do we're gonna be starting another uh-huh. series. I think here on Shelf Aware, a little bit more spread out than more Thank Mondays. God, it's only once a year. <laughs> But it could be twice reading. a year if we planned accordingly, but we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> it will be uh, the hotly anticipated sequel to our <laughs> Christmas shoes episode. And I know you're thinking, Anna, M, there can't possibly be a sequel to Christmas shoes. Well, we're here to tell you that there are actually nine sequels to Christmas At shoes. Least. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's actually book two of 11. So. There are 10 sequels to Christmas Shoes. One is a 5.5. That doesn't count. That's that's fair. There's <laughs> nine and a half sequels to Christmas Shoes. Christ. So we will be reading. Yes. Yes, exactly. So we will be reading. Oh, yeah. Tis the reason for the season, after all. The Christmas, the Christmas Blessing, a novel by Donna Van Leer. Remember how the little boy bought shoes in the last book because his mom had cancer? Well, now he wants to be a doctor. <laughs> oh, looking forward to it. It's also a, kind of a sports book because it's about a girl mm. who can become a champion runner, but she has a hole in her heart. Well, that sounds like it'll be chock full of deep thoughts about caring for others at christmas and Do you counting your blessings nathan will try to fill the physical hole in her heart with, with shoes his love. yes oh <laughs> <laughs> shoes <laughs> oh boy boy this really backfired on me i was like em let's read a nice christmas book and i was like let's no. read a bad christmas book <laughs> you just said no actually no <laughs> You thought you were gonna get some Christina Lauren up in here. I did. I was like, let's no, read no. let's read that holidays book. Come on, Em. She said, No. This this podcast is best when we hate things. You're right. We can't enjoy stuff. You're right, but I hate it. <laughs> oh boy. In the meantime. If you have a book that you would like us to read here on the podcast, whether you think we would hate it or love it, or like even if you have a whole submission for a unit. No, this was awkwardly phrased. Hmm. Let me start over. <laughs> In the meantime, if you have a book or a unit that you would like to suggest for us here on the podcast, either because you think we'll hate something or we'll love it, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should because I know you are as excited as I am to find out what happens to little Nathan and the shoes that he gave his dead mom for Christmas. Will will the shoes make an appearance? Will there be a song 
adaptation of this book, who's to say, except us, in a couple weeks. <laughs> if you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of Catherine Cavendish, what did you say? Ridiculous, am I? May I remind you, I am not the one imagining herself to be communing with the ghost. I am not the one disguising her voice and talking to herself. Evelyn, yes, you are. <laughs> Dramatic irony. <laughs> you can't say these things to Claire. She knows she's not real. <laughs> Oh, you're going to be mad at me. Why is that? Because I did just find, hold on. I did just find a book. Okay. Called The Christmas Table by Donna Van Leer. I already fucking hate it. I gotta see what this is. Oh my God. Never mind. Let's just do (laughs) next year. I hate it. I hate it. Well, it's, it's, um, I hate to tell you this. This might be a new Christmas tradition because it's number 10 in the Christmas Hope series, which I assume probably started with Christmas shoes. Oh, fuck. All right. What's the next one? What's the next one in the series? Go look. Go look. Jesus Christ. 10. Number 10. At least the the Christmas Christmas shoes is book one. The Christmas Blessing is book two. And it's 212 pages. All right. <laughs> you were like, let's do a fun Christmas rom-com. I was like, no. No, let's do Christmas hell. <laughs>